0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. This Thursday, we got a NFL game that I would jump all over. Bill's brother, Gerard, would be upset at me, but I got to tell you, Tampa Bay, minus three and a half at the Bears, uh, I would go Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, all day. So jump on that. And then on Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals are minus seven at the New York Jets. And if you've been paying attention to the Jets, uh, I would take almost anybody in any line uh, that they're playing against. So I would jump on Tampa Bay and Arizona this week in the NFL. So from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of uh, Bill Rodenaw Sports. Uh, I'm up here in an undisclosed location, upstate New York. Uh, stay away. And uh, we got, wow. <laughs> we got. Uh, uh, hey, listen, man, it's no joke. And we got uh, my friend and co-host, great Jamal Murphy, uh, handling things down at uh, Brooklyn. What's up, Murph?
0: I'm good, man. Out here in, in quiet, sunny Brooklyn. Everything's great. Glad to be back.
1: And, of course, we've got a friend of the show, as they say in the business, uh, uh, the great Zach Lowe, who's joining us from here. We'll let him tell you if he wants to disclose where he is. But uh, great Zach Lowe is my colleague at ESPN. He's a senior writer for ESPN and host of the most popular, maybe the most popular show on the network, uh, The Low Post, Zach Lowe. Uh, Zoe, uh, Zoe, not Zoe. No.
2: <laughs>
1: Zach. <laughs> no, Zoe. Hey, Zach, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming uh,
2: on. I'm good. We're going to keep the location, uh, un- undis- undisclosed location. There you, there you go. go.
1: That, that's the best way to go, brother, because, you know, you just <laughs> never know, man. You know, uh, POTUS 45 has kind of set the tone <laughs> that, you know, don't be afraid, nothing, nothing to worry about, okay. Be okay. So everything is fine. So I'm like, cool. You know, you don't need to know where I am. So so Zach, tell me what you think of the playoffs. So for the finals, man. Lakers uh uh just took a 3-1 lead. So you know, you've been covering this and watching this for ages. Just give us your um just give us your impressions, man. We'll ask you specific questions later, but just give us your overall impressions of, of the finals.
2: Uh I think I I think it's a bummer that You know, the Heat's three best players all got hurt in game one. You know, Jimmy obviously hasn't missed time, but he tweaked his ankle. You could feel the absence of Goran Dragic last night in game four when they were just searching for something on offense, another option. And he and Bam have been so good on the pick and roll all playoffs long. But I'll tell you, I mean, it's been a really fun series. The adjustments, the zone, no zone, AD suddenly guarding Jimmy Butler, LeBron's on Bam, Bam's back. And I just saw last night – in game four was I mean you've covered a million of these Bill that's all I want in a finals game it wasn't pretty but it was tough it, the competition was unbelievable both teams had to dig really deep into their bags to find anything that could produce anything like a clean look on offense and you know one team got a few more stops a few more breaks and gutted it out but that's that's what a finals game you know that if, if you're at that game and it's a real audience, a real crowd and all you, th- those are the kind of games where you feel the tension and that that's what you want out of a game.
1: Did you feel that? Um, Cause I want to get into the, um, uh, you know, you, you as a veteran observer and you've been at finals live and all that. Uh, how did you feel? Just, you know, you know, you get the feeling when you're at a big event and even as reporters, you kind of feel the adrenaline, you feel the excitement, uh, what's been the level of your feeling, excitement or tension or competition during, during the finals, let's, let's just say?
2: Well, it started in the, co- the conference finals was the first time in the playoffs where I felt, ooh, th- this is different. Because the conference finals, like first two rounds, there's just games, 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 games. Like you don't have time to think about anything. Conference finals is when you get to a point where there's just one game a night. Like the whole spotlight's on you. The media contingent has doubled in size by that point. The celebrities are coming out. And that was the first time, although the basketball has been unbelievable all the way through, it's the first time where I felt, hmm, something's mm-hmm. missing now. And mm-hmm. when this is over, I, you know, I leave guys alone during the finals about superfluous questions like this. But when this is over, I am going to ask some of the coaches and players who have been in the finals before, or even some who haven't, how different did it feel? Like, did it feel – did, when in the middle of the game did it just start to feel almost like a regular game? Or did you yeah. were you always aware that it was the finals? Because you're right. Like, I mean, I don't were were you at game seven between Cleveland and, and Golden State in twenty sixteen when LeBron when the when the Cavs won?
1: No, no, no.
2: That was the game. That's the LeBron block game. Oh, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was a game where I felt I've never been in a sporting event that intense. Mm. And I don't think as intense as last night was, I don't know, I don't really think you can recreate that without fans and, and all that. But it was it was still a fun game, but it doesn't feel the same.
1: Has, I have not really articulated this question the right way, but there was a point before the pandemic that I was really getting fed up with fans, you know, calling fans, not just because I'm a jaded sports writer and I haven't cheered for a team since I was 16, but I was beginning to get fed up with them because the entitlement, had become a little too much, uh, fans as celebrities, you know, the whole thing. Uh, and I'm wondering how you feel about fans. Has your attitude toward fans, I mean, have they been on punishment enough now? Do you think they've learned a lesson? Uh, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> have the players fallen, you know, gone from being jaded and don't need them. What, what, what what's your sense? What, of so that? what do
2: you, what do you mean? What do you mean by? I mean, obviously, there are the awful fans who scream terrible, offensive things at players, and that has no place in the sport. But like, what what do you mean by in, entitled or or that's what, what made meant. you?
1: That's that's what I meant. I mean, just the um, uh, and it's not just the extreme fans, you know, who are like awful, just jerks. But you know, for, to me, a lot of fans once they go into the arena, they're transformed. And from just being normal, peace-loving people to like, they could say anything, blow off all kinds of steam. The ticket in, enables me to do all kinds of stuff, and, uh, and and maybe you and I disagree, but that's that's where I met with entitlement. Just you know, from calling to sports talk shows, and particularly you, because you you know you're dealing with the media in a different way. Um, the sports talk shows, I, you know, like I listen to um, a couple of shows. You have celebrity callers. You know, just fans. This is Kevin from so and so. The same people. So I, I don't know, but just, just again, you you could disagree, obviously. Um, and maybe my maybe you know you may think the whole my premise of my question is just flawed.
2: <laughs> well, I th- I think are th- the extreme of fans you talk about the offensive. I mean, you just put those in a different bucket to me. Those are just people do either bad people or people behaving horribly, and that has no place. You know, I feel it sometimes when and and I've mostly detached from social media now because it's just it's a it's a hard place to be. Mm. But you you realize that when people say nasty stuff to you, it's often because you have written something not nice about their team. That they're Uh really only in the media landscape for positive coverage, fawning coverage of their teams. And when you don't give that to them, well they you suck and they hate you. But I just think that is such a small, tiny, tiny, tiny people with a minority of people with loud voices my my interactions with fans have always been really good and i just i like that people transform at games like to me that's the point of it all is like this is all this is all kind of dumb when you think about it like these (laughs) are these are dudes wearing jerseys putting a ball in a hoop Uh, and yet we feel something because of it we come together we chant we stand i i i I haven't gotten jaded like that i i I can't i can't get there with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you mentioned, um, you know, the intensity of the games and how you you wanted to find out whether it was the same, but just from watching it, do you, is it, do you, you know, when I watch the games now, I feel like I'm surprised by how intense and how normal the on court competition feels, and not just basketball. I mean, t- the US Open I was watching, they were playing as hard as I've ever right. seen them. Um, you know, even even the NFL. I mean, you can't really tell. For me, I couldn't really tell the difference. But the, but you you see some sort of difference, maybe?
2: No, I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and and look, these are the highest level athletes in the world, right? They would compete. They always tell you this. Right? I compete against my brother. I compete against my mom if she stood between me and a championship they When the stakes are there, they want to win. They want to win for something that is is more intrinsic and bigger to them than money and celebrity. They, they want to win. I just wonder, I'm almost more curious about the guys who have never been on that stage before. Like, Duncan Robinson doesn't know what an NBA Finals game really feels like. I wonder if this is almost an easier introduction to him to him, to, to the highest stakes of the NBA than it would be if he's like, man, there's Denzel Washington, the fans right, are here right. three hours before the game, there's five million people waiting to interview me if I miss a shot in the last minute. So I, I almost am more curious about the guys who have never been to that stage before, if, if, if it's easier for them.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. It seems like, I mean, <clears throat> that's what I enjoy actually, is the purity of the competition now. And I guess, yeah, I don't wanna go too much back and forth on the fan element, but you know, you know, you grew up playing basketball, playing sports and whatever, and it was always like this. It was, it was practice. It was, you know, that's where we really put it on the line because we wanted to impress our our teammates, our coaches. It wasn't any of the superfluous stuff, the entertainment value. We are there just to play ball. And maybe to the extent that it's just a one-time only thing, that it seems like we're going to kind of, I think at a time when I think that, as everybody, we need to just get back to basics. This is just about, to me, competition. It's not about Denzel or spike, or you know the fan. It's about hey, listen, we love this game. This is just about playing. Although the reality is that billions of people are still watching, there are probably more, there are probably more people watching ever. So that I guess that's what I was saying. Uh, do you feel um, about this specific series in general? What does this do for LeBron? I'm assuming that they're going to win and wrap it up. Uh, for leaning three different teams to an NBA fan to me man that just catapults him almost almost to the head of line kareem will always be number 1 but uh i, I like
2: know. that you, i like that you cape for kareem the forgotten man in the greatest <laughs> of all time debate right. the greatest high school player the greatest right. college right. player right. um uh, I, look, I, you to, you will probably be shocked to know that ESPN's editors are very interested in a Michael Jordan, LeBron James column if no. the Lakers win. <laughs> if the Lakers win this, so I've been thinking a lot about this, and it's it's interesting that you zeroed in on the three teams thing because I think I w- I was watching an old clip of the jump today from two years ago when Scottie Pippen and Tracy McGrady were essentially asked this question about does LeBron and crunch time can he ever compare to Michael? And it was so f- interesting to watch because no matter what statistics Rachel Nichols threw at them, no matter what clips she threw at them, they just couldn't, right. it, they could not conceive of it Right. As, as a legitimate comparison in terms of clutch shooting. They just couldn't get, it just it was impossible for them to conceive of. And I think part of that, and you can speak to this too, is I think there's a sense that LeBron upended the traditional order of how sports is supposed to work by switching teams. There's a sense that he was stacking the deck and um, building super teams in a way that Michael didn't or couldn't. Could, could. couldn't. And, and I'm not sure really how accurate that is, that front running. I mean, he clearly, obviously he switched teams. I don't know that he's been on the best team in in the most of his, I mean, he faced these Warriors teams all the time. Um, But to to me, LeBron doing that has always been it and I said this about Anthony Davis too, and trade demands. That 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 didn't put the balance of power out of whack. It put everyone on an even playing field because right. the balance of power had been so stacked against players for so long. And even saying that, even if that's true, there are just people who can't it, it just feels wrong to them right. how LeBron did it in a way that I I, I don't share that. I mean, to me, I, I'm more lean towards you where it's like, it's it's impressive and it's new and it's interesting, but there are certain people who it just, it doesn't, and probably Bill in your generation, it, it just doesn't, those people who come from your generation more than mine, I think, that it just feels wrong somehow, right?
1: Yeah, because you yeah. were used to being in prison. I mean, you were used to being, it was like volunteer slavery, <laughs> volunteer, indenture. to that, you know, I mean, you you know, throughout most of my, you know, Players were there for that. Was it? You, you're with New York, and you're there until New York gets tired of you. Now you're free, and uh, I agree with you, man. I mean, I think that um, it just it just even the playing field.
2: You know, all the, tra- all the trade demand. People get so mad when players request trades. All that does is even out the balance of power between between teams and players. Like they're exercising the same right that teams do all the time with players.
1: All the time. I mean, I mean, you know, if you look at our profession, I went from the Afro-American newspaper to Ebony Magazine, to the Baltimore Sun, to the New York Times.
2: Front runner, <laughs> you're a front runner. <laughs> yeah, it's what's, right. what's,
1: what's going on, said, Bill? Why are you leaving Afro to go <laughs> to Ebony? You stay right there until we decide to fire you. Or right. what, you know, so, you know, I, to me, and then just, I, I, again, you know, Kareem Kareem kind of did. It. Remember Kareem? Well, you don't. He remember, went to the Lakers. Yeah, he. he, well, he was the trade. Trade. He was in yeah. Milwaukee. He said, "You know what? I'm out of here. Right. You know, I'm out of here. I need to go to L.A." And, and so, I think, I, yeah,
0: go yeah. Ahead. No, I, I think I think the I really think the Kareem, uh, LeBron comparison is is the best because when it's yeah. all said and done, though the LeBron's numbers are going to dwarf everyone else's you know in terms of career numbers points rebounds assists like if you never saw lebron play you you go look at those numbers you are going to be like oh of course he was the best player ever uh the the mike the michael jordan thing is the is the dominance the six basically six straight you know when, almost six straight when he was in the league championships he and then the narrative how he paid his dues and and got beaten down you know for the for the beginning of his career and finally made it to the championship um so i don't think if you saw the mike the michael jordan era it's hard, it's hard, i can't put I can't say that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. I haven't seen them both and seen, you know, the extraordinary things that Jordan. But can you did.
2: articulate why though?
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I, no. no. I mean, I, I I could try. You know, I I could say, you know, the, you know, Jordan was the the killer, like the killer mentality, like like you know, just just the whole aura about him. Um, the points, the the he was the guy that took the shot for well, not really. But, 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 but he hit a but, couple but, passes.
2: Okay, you sound, but, but, like, yeah. you sound like Tracy and Scotty, and, and I get it because <laughs> I grew up. No, no, I I'm 43 years old. I was right. a teenager when Michael was doing that, and it, right. it, it, he seemed indomitable. He seemed impossible to beat, and and I think not only the switching teams thing sort of colors this discussion mm-hmm. in a way that is unquantifiable, frankly, but Michael has this. Sheen of perfection, six and zero in the finals. Never got beat on the biggest stage. Only teams that eliminated him in the playoffs were the '80 Celtics and the Bad Boys Pistons. That's it. Right. Um, and LeBron, even if you want to throw out the Warrior series and the, the first Cleveland series where he just took a team that was not very good and single-handedly got them to a matchup they weren't ready for, he's got that Dallas series where he just didn't show up and Michael right. doesn't have anything like that and i think just in some way that even if people don't specifically even remember or think about that Dallas series right lebron has a vague imperfection about him to fans that michael does not have
0: but isn't isn't that fair isn't it fair to bring up that Dallas Absol- series no
2: no absolutely you have to bring it up it's a black mark on his career and if he if he's going to pass michael it's going to be the sheer number of trips to the championship and the sheer, as you pointed out, the statistical case is going to be overwhelming because he's going to have to overcome that he had a finals where he scored eight points in an NBA finals game. Michael's all-time low for points in a finals game is 22.
1: Right. Well, what tips to think to me, and again, this gets sort of so uh, where your sociology is, what tips to scale to me is what did you do with your mantle? Now, a lot of people, if you say, we're just doing basketball, then that. But to me, you know, Kareem, after i mean the guy was a public intellectual he wrote what 17 books he's done documentaries he's been right you know uh and he's also just stood up for black people and people in general uh lebron you know michael jordan's message to a whole generation of athletes, particularly black athletes is shut the fuck up just play ball take the money shut up and play don't stand for anything except for Nestle's or pantyhose or Coca-Cola, Nike, Pet—that's the only thing you stand for. Other than that, just play ball. And I think that that LeBron has sort of, you know, given players a voice. He's saying, "No, nah, man, you ain't got to do that. You know, you you don't you could stand up and be counted. Your wealth could be liberating." So to me,
2: that matters. Well, and and not only that. I mean, the off-court stuff is a whole different discussion. The dude opened a school, like a fully right. functioning school. Right, right. Um, like I even, you know, I opened the, the, like a carton of milk today. That's the only thing I've opened. <laughs> um, but, you know, on the court, I think LeBron told the rest of the superstar players, we make the league. This is our league. Right,
1: right, right. right.
2: You are the one that is irreplaceable. The owner is replaceable. The coach is replaceable. The GM's replaceable. You aren't. And if you want to take a one-year deal or a series of one-year deals and hold your team hostage and exercise your power to get the kind of moves that you want, right. go ahead and do it because you know what? You don't have – the NBA is not necessarily set up for you to exert that kind of leverage the way that the way that teams have leverage over you and trade talks and restricted free agency and all this. But that's a point of leverage you have. Don't be afraid to use it. And, and a number of superstars have done the same thing. Because And, and LeBron is right. The top 10 players in the league, they are the league. They drive winning. They are the whole beginning, middle, and end of the story. And he has exerted his influence in Cleveland, mostly in Cleveland, frankly, in that way.
1: But also, uh, that's actually a good point, if if you just keep it on the court in terms of empowering players. But, you know, what I also find, he's taken three different franchises. He he energized. He totally reinvented Cleveland. Uh, He goes to Miami, and although they had won once, but he basically made them sort of a superpower. Now you go to LA and he now re-energized what's been a tremendous legacy. You
2: know- uh, Let's be let's be frank, been. Bill. Let's be frank. He built the team. Yeah. More than the Lakers built this team, he and his agent built it. Right, right. I mean, right. He, his agent represents Rich Paul represents Anthony Davis. LeBron went there because he wanted to play for the Lakers. And then they got Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. I mean, he built this- I, That's not exactly fair because the Lakers drafted a lot of guys they traded right. for- Davis they have Caruso they they made a lot of moves on the fringes but in, it really to some degree at least they built the team
1: could Jordan have done that uh, I mean let's I, I don't know what the rules were at the time but if he wanted to could he have done that could he uh, could he uh, I mean when he went to Washington it was over by that time but do, yeah. could he have done that did he have to the
0: power
1: yeah did he have the, the
2: you know given the money at that time you know, nobody was taking like short-term contracts like LeBron started doing in Cleveland. Like stars just weren't doing that, and the the CBA was set up for you to take longer-term contracts. And the minute you sign for that five-six year contract, that let that kind of leverage disappears, right? I mean, like Scottie Pippen is the classic example that I couldn't get yeah. out of this contract for years right. and years. It's a good question though. If he had to do his career over again, by the end, I think in the second repeat, he was signing these like one-year, thirty million dollar deals. So that right. that, and then it all fell apart. So, <laughs> right.
0: Uh, just just touching on on these finals. Is it, is it over? Um, Do you you give the heat any chance?
2: I give anybody any chance. (laughs) I don't say no chance. Um, I'll tell you this though. I mean, I don't think the heat are a typical down three, one team. Like they are when they were down two-zero. everybody. And I include myself all of the discussion was who's going to win finals MVP LeBron or Anthony Davis. And the heat came out and we're like, screw that. Yeah. We don't have two of our best players. We're going to try to win. And then they won and they almost won again last night. So like, would it blow me away if they got to game six? No. Would it blow me away if they won three games in a row? Uh, Yes. That would blow me away. But i I I'm, it just everything feels different game to game. Like if they just win one more game, all of a sudden going into game six, it's like maybe they have a chance. Oh my God, it's Con one for LeBron. So I, but to win three straight is a really tall order. Mm-hmm.
0: Do Do you think people are are giving listen? I was going to say giving the Heat enough credit, but are taking as seriously as seriously as they should the absence of Goran Dragic? I mean, he was he was their leading yeah. scorer when he went out with injury, so. It's, it's, it's like baffling to me that the Heat even could win a game in this series, you know, and then they didn't have Bam Adebayo, uh for two, basically two, what, two and a half games. How have, how have the Heat done this? Like, where, well, did, where would, did they come from?
2: I was shocked that they got, I didn't think they were going to get game three. I mean, honestly, like, to to win a game without your second and third best players is, and Bam has been arguably their best player in the playoffs. Uh, actually, Jimmy has surpassed him the way Jimmy's played now, but, um, I did, You know, they did it because they play super hard. They don't make mistakes. And, you know, it's funny. For a game or two, you surround Jimmy Butler with four shooters. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, in the long run, you're a worse team, right? You know, you're a worse team with Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard playing Bam out of Bios minutes. There's no question about that. But you can catch lightning in a bottle for a game or two with that kind of formula if you play enough defense. And, and they did. And, right. and, you know, Jimmy with four shooters around him is really powerful
1: what level do you think butler's on? I mean to me the greatest thing butler has done is that great comm- the, the great beer commercial where they have that great R and B song uh uh this love that I'm giving you this yes. is so I followed it. I followed it and all these people were there. Man, I've been playing that song like every day. And, and I, I said to a friend of mine like you know uh, uh and he's oh yeah man this is a jam I listened to all the time. This love up yeah I did and so I said thank you Jimmy Butler for that for leading me to so, <laughs> by, by, the jo- by the joy tones. <laughs> okay. But, but where, where do you put him? Uh, where do you put uh, uh, Butler in the Pantheon? You know, I, I guess the more I watch Butler, the more I appreciate Jordan and LeBron. You know, got Jim Brown, guys who, you know, when everybody spends all their time stopping you at every every game, you know, where, where do you put Butler?
2: I think for the last three or four years, he's been something like, depending on the year, between the eighth and 12th best player in the NBA. I think he's probably still around there, maybe towards the higher end now, as a couple of guys that were above him, like Russ, I think, has fallen off a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. We have these debates, and, and, and sometimes they're a little facile. And one of them is like, well, who can be the best player on a championship team? Can this guy be the best player on a championship team? Can that guy be the best? He can, he can't. And for a long time, I think Butler fell a little bit below, like whoever, whatever that group is, he was like the next notch below it. And um, I, you know, like I said, I don't think they're going to come back and win this finals, but they got within three wins currently right now uh, of a championship, despite those injuries we talked about, like those debates get pretty blurry when you get down to it. They depend on roster construction. They depend on some luck and this and that. Like, maybe he could be the number one option on a championship team because he damn near om- almost was, right. I mean, or almost is, depending on how this this series turns out. Um, you know, we know who the guys that definitely are. Like, right. we, we know who those guys are. That's Those are easy questions to answer. Um, one of them is about to win his fourth championship. But, you know, Jimmy's an interesting guy. That Basketball's interesting like that. Just what do you think you got it figured out in these black and white debates, it gets a little messy on you.
1: Where, where do you think Anthony Davis is? What does this do um... – you know, I was happy, given the Lakers thing from, um, uh, by, uh, to, to Mikin, to Chamberlain, to uh, to Jabbar, to Shaq. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought I guess when I started losing uh, respect for Dwight, when he came to L.A., and he basically told Kobe, I, th- no, that's not what I, I don't see myself that way. Uh, what do, What do you think this does for Davis in terms of legacy and echelon and all that?
2: Well, I mean, it's he, he still has a chance to win finals MVP, I think. Um, there's no question that it vaults him into a different category. But it's interesting when you think about the game, like, could Anthony Davis be the number one option on a championship team? I, yeah. I still don't know the answer to that. It, right. it, still, it still may well be no. But I think about this with Scottie Pippen a lot, too. We don't know if Scottie Pippen could. He never was. He probably couldn't have been. But the way basketball works, if you're the very, very, very best kind of number two option, like if you're a great passer, great defender, you're just not the number one guy shot creating, you can be a more valuable player than someone who might be better fit to be the quote-unquote number one option. Like Jimmy Butler may be better fit to be the number one option in an offense than Anthony Davis is. But if I'm building a championship team, Anthony Davis may be quote unquote better than Jimmy Butler, you know what I mean? Like Scottie Pippen is the Scotty Pippen is the absolute apex number 2 option. He's a better player I think than some guys who were able to be number 1 options on teams that didn't get anywhere serious.
0: Let's let's talk about the bubble and and the overall picture like how, you know now we we we're, we're getting to the end of the season, we can look back on on it and and really you know analyze and, and in my opinion ap- appreciate what the NBA did, you know, with this right. bubble, um, you you didn't. The more go to, you
1: look at the more you look at the NFL, the right. more you appreciate you, what the when, NBA is
0: doing. Yeah, when you look at other sports, I mean, you you you, you gain even greater appreciation of what the NBA has done. Now, you didn't go to the bubble. What 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 was your reasoning as far as that goes?
2: Very boring reasons. Uh, we had some family stuff we had to do, and I didn't want to leave my wife in the lurch, and then. I thought about going for the finals, but the way they have it set up is you have tier two or whatever the tier, the second tier where you basically just get to go to the games and sit in the upper deck and you don't, you're not in the bubble. You stay at a different hotel. Right. Um, So like, to me, there was no point in that. Tier one is when you quarantine, you live in the bubble, you get to interview the players and there are a very limited number of spots for that. If I could have, if I would have gone, I would have had to have displaced somebody who had been there the whole time and I did not obviously want to do that. So I just chose just a totally mundane reasons, nothing that interesting.
0: So when you look at what the NBA has done, you know, what what comes to your mind? What what are your thoughts on the you know the the success or you know whatever you would call it of the bubble?
2: Well, I mean, I remember in April, May, a lot of the discourse was this is unethical for them to even try it and it's right. going to fail and it's going to be a disaster and they're putting the players in danger. And I always, and I said this repeatedly on my podcast, I always thought that was a little bit misguided because um, it seemed to me pretty likely that players would be safer and staff would be safer there than in the regular world. And none of this happens without the players voting for it. The players It's not like the players were passive recipients of this policy. They had to actively – now, obviously the financial consequences perhaps swayed them and, you know, leveraged them, but – um, and the NBA is going to turn out to be right in that regard. I will say, though, that when you, when when you the if the NBA wants to get triumphalist about it and crow about how much better they did than other sports, they had the advantage of we're, we're 80% through our season right, anyway. Exactly. Um, they didn't have to do a full season. You could not do a full season this way, which is why next season is ultimately going to be the challenge. But the calendar did them favors that it did not do the other sports.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. that's actually a great point because I was thinking about the NFL doing that and to say that uh, to go from now until February, January right. to just live lives in maybe even four different bubbles is just I mean, even frankly, uh, Zach, even you know, I think maybe if I was your age, maybe I would have like campaigned to go to the bubble just as an experiment, but I'm just thinking, man, it, 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 you, people should get a medal
2: because people that's, who've been
1: there hundred and ten days, but it's over. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. I'm just trying, there's not that there's not that much amusement in the world, you know. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, can I take some ride? Can I go on a space ride every day? I mean, how how many times can you can you do that? But no, it's just pretty. But I guess the question is, do you think this is better basketball? I, I, again, I say I'm i I'm I've, 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 I've trying to get away. I've been getting away from binary decisions. But do you think that this is a tougher championship to win?
2: I don't. I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's tougher or not tougher. I just think it is. It's its standalone thing. But the basketball has looked like regular playoff basketball to me. I'm not there. Um, you know, I do think the bubble probably affected certain teams more than others in terms of in terms of strain and anxiety and all that. But I don't think I'm just going to think of it as a championship. I don't think it's it's any worse. I certainly don't think there's an asterisk or anything like that. And I I don't know that I'm going to think of it as like the absolute crowning achievement of the LeBron's career if they if they <laughs> end up winning it because I just I just think it's it it's um it's it's just a championship and maybe that's the best compliment you can give the NBA that it just feels like a championship. Why why
1: don't you think it'd be the crowning thing of his career?
2: It's hard to beat Cleveland, fifty-four year drought beating a seventy-three win team. Um, yeah. You know, right. it, it's it's hard to beat that. Right. right,
0: that's true. What about the rest of the of what happened in the bubble? You had you know all kinds of uh, social justice messages on the court, on the uniforms. You had players very outspoken. Uh, you had the the Milwaukee Bucks uh, boycott or strike, whatever you want to call it. How do you think we look back on on all of those things in a couple of years?
2: I mean. I I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see if we really look back or if it's just sort of part of an ongoing story that continues to evolve because because I think players are not going to stop advocating for social justice and against police brutality and all those things um all, as we go forward um particularly depending on how this election goes. Um but you know, look it's It's actually been interesting to me, and I'd be as a long time journalist, Bill I'd be interested in your take on it. it. It's been very interesting to me to to see how TV ratings have become such a media story. Now, like there's as right. much coverage of the TV ratings as um, as there is of like basketball. And I think there seems to be a rush without a whole lot of proof to pin the decline of TV ratings on. Well, the NBA has alienated conservative viewers or, or whatever, whereas there's like nine million other confounding variables that are probably affecting this, but I don't ever recall TV ratings being a story like this and I, and I'm not reading a lot of the same stories about like hockey or what right. whatever else it's that that has been strange to me, uh, but in terms <clears throat> of in terms of what the, it's I mean, I, these are necessary discussions. We have to have them as a nation. It's kind of sad that the players have to be the ones to drive them and get them and, and like, you know, pull people to contribute money and all this. But right. it is what it is, I guess. And it's and interesting I, you bring yeah. up the ratings because, yeah.
0: the you know, I saw a stat the other day saying, you know, that the, you know, yes, the, rate, the NBA ratings are down. But so, like you said, the NHL ratings are 65% down. The U.S. Open ratings were 50% down.
2: WNBA ratings are up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, right. I'm, I've been watching
0: WNBA, so yeah, it makes yeah. sense to me.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are watching a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> because of the pandemic, a lot of All people are watch around at the same
2: time. Or right. yeah. yeah, playoffs are on. The NBA playoffs are right. on. Just Football's just... <laughs>
0: on. Or yeah. not. Or people are are not watching a lot of stuff because of the pandemic. Right. I mean, we don't. Right. You know, like when. We're not used to having the finals in October. We're not used to you know different. Ch- well, we don't. Do we know what channels everything is on? I was looking for baseball last night. No idea where you know what channel stuff. Dude, I I'm even. Know. I'm even.
1: I'm even watching baseball.
2: <laughs> I barely know. I barely know what time of year it is at this right. point. Like everything is so weird. It's like it's October. I don't know what the hell is going right.
1: on. Do you like this calendar? <laughs> Do you like uh, what? What would you like the NBA to go back to the regular calendar? Do you like? Uh, would you like maybe an alteration in the calendar?
2: <laughs> as a as a parent yeah <laughs> speaking purely selfishly right i really like the old calendar right. because okay. if we start playing in the summer and you got school age kids you are never taking a family vacation again as long as yeah. you right. Right.
1: right right
0: right uh, what, do you, what do you
2: so so purely selfishly uh i like the old calendar well it's going to be a while before we get back there but i, I hope we do we'll see
0: and what about next season how how is next season going to look i mean from what you know now in terms of when when it starts what it's going to look like we don't know you know if, as far as i'm concerned I, I don't see the pandemic being gone anytime soon uh, so I, I know we're not going to do it like this again next year but are there could there be multiple bubbles what, what do you have any idea? i think all
2: that's in play i think the nba really would envision a regular schedule, but with much less travel. So maybe teams play, you know, their division rivals way more times than usual, or whatever it is. But you know, I, I think I've heard the same thing that others have written, which is I think Martin Luther King Day is is getting pretty optimistic as a starting point, right. or maybe realistic and optimistic at the same time. Um, I just think the NBA gets into a little trouble, like you said. I mean, they really want fans, right? They really want some fans. Do you wait until March, April? Like, what if you start waiting and things get worse? And right. all of a sudden, it's like, we just got to start the season. Like, it, it, it's, it's you know, I so I, I think you can outsmart yourself a little bit trying to wait on something that is completely unpredictable um, if you want to get your season in a certain block of the calendar where it feels normal-ish to you. Forget, forget about the Olympics. I mean, Adam Silver's already said, probably not going to stop for the Olympics, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do after after this is over, which is going to be either way in a few days?
2: It's going to be weird, right? Because usually you have the draft like five days after the finals. And now we're going to have more than a month before the draft. Uh, Free agency is kind of TBD. I would suspect it starts around December 1st. So and then once you get the free agency, you're like already going to be in camp pretty soon after that. So I think it's the next month that is going to be interesting. Maybe I'll get into the draft. I haven't gotten into the draft really ever <laughs> in my career. I punt that really? for the draft mix. Maybe I'll start watching Tyrese Halliburton. I really <laughs> <these people are.
1: laughs> guest has been the great Zach Lowe. He's a host of the uh, low post a wonderful podcast. He's also a senior writer for ESPN before we let you go. Um, Damn, I had the question all set up. Now, I forgot. Uh, I just celebrated a big birthday. Maybe I don't know if that's kicking in. Oh, man, uh, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, I asked you, we're uh, asking you, what are you doing from here? Oh, has this, jur- j- journalistically, has this made, um, what, what have you learned? I think, I don't know, maybe we spoke about this on your podcast, but has this made your gig better? Has it, Have you found out some stuff about it that you like, that you're going to keep?
2: Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's made it. I mean, I'm lucky that I've been doing this long enough now that I have a lot of contacts that if I don't see people in person for a long time, I can suffice with, you know, phone and text and all that. Um, it's, it's made me, it's made me realize how much of your brain is always sort of thinking about logistics that I haven't had to think about. Okay, what time's the flight? Where do I got to be? How am I getting there? What hotel am I at? Does the hotel have good Wi-Fi? If it doesn't, what's my backup plan? Like all that's been, like my brain's been able to think about lots of other stuff. But at the same time, and I think, you know, this is something that maybe is getting lost in journalism a little bit, and you know this well, there is just no substitute none no matter how connected you are and zoom and all this there is no substitute for hey let's go get a beer with the coach after the game and, right. and talk nine, not talk for 90 minutes over a beer there's just no duplicating that and that right. is i miss that and i that's where you get the good stuff that's where the real right. relationships develop and so that's if if i can't have that for an extended period of time at some point it's going to become like i i need it i need it you know
1: Right. I guess it kinda of in a in a negative way kinda of levels the playing field in a way. Uh in that you know, nobody can do that. Yeah. But but then it still is your contacts. Who can you pick up the phone and talk? But you're right, it's nothing like a leisurely thing and let's just kinda of hang out and 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 uh, just really
2: talk. Well, I think Hunter S. Thompson was the one who said Nobody tells the truth from nine to five. You gotta get them. You gotta get after five. You know, there, there's a, there is a little. That's a little cynical for my taste, but there is a there is a kernel of truth to that. Sounds right, right to me. Uh,
1: hey, listen, Zach, uh, Zach Lowe. This is great, man. This is uh, always love your insights, whether it's with us on Rose Pod or your own uh, podcast. So thank you so much, man. And uh, uh, your prediction? Uh, you think that this is
0: it? That uh, how many games? How many games?
2: Yeah. Yeah. How many, uh, uh, my initial prediction for the series was Lakers in six before everybody got injured, up three one. Le- LeBron smells it. Mm. I, I just think they find a way to get over the finish line in Game Five, so I'll, I'll pivot to Lakers in five. There that's go, fair. Man.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I'm kind
2: of, I'm kind of especially ready with,
0: especially it, with all the injuries, you know, can't hold you to that original.
2: Just when you when you get to the fin- you could see it last night in his in his demeanor in what he told his teammates. Like when you get that close, you just. The great ones find a way to the one, whatever it is—a stop, a rebound—they find a way to take the last step.
1: Right. Yeah. Then after Butler's 40th, everybody's talking about Butler and Hero and this and that. I was like, oh man, that <laughs> guy—that's <God. laughs> like raving away. Cap, you see the one play
0: we ducked over? Uh, uh, he, threw, uh, Hero? He, threw, he threw Hero, or Hero might have, <laughs> oh. might have uh, flopped across the court. I don't know which one it was.
2: It, I mean, that's what happened to me if I were in front of LeBron at a fast break. I would fly 30 feet and get dunked on. And that, that that was that was powerful. And maybe a little bit of a flop. But what else is Tyler Harrell supposed to say? No, no. Either, either way, it you- would
0: have looked the same, I think.
1: <laughs> I got a long career here.
2: Right, right.
1: Hey, Zach, thanks so much, man. Uh, enjoy, enjoy you, and uh, continue to be safe. And uh, we will see you down the road, as they say.
2: My pleasure, guys. It's an honor. And uh, stay safe. And hopefully, we all get to see each other in person at some point.
1: I know uh, we'll have that beer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thanks a lot, Zach. <laughs> Thanks,
2: guys. You. Man, that was fun. Thanks
0: for having me. So, what else is going on, Bill?
1: You know the uh, NFL, man. I mean, now you got Tennessee mm. more Tennessee Titans who have who have uh, right. tested positive.
0: Right. On,
1: uh, you know, uh, Cam.
0: Cam. Cam is
1: out. Cam yeah, is Cam. Cam is out. I'm just wondering, and that's the problem, when you allow people to leave the stadium and go into
0: their lives, I mean. Yeah, I just—I mean, you can't, I mean, you have to do something. You have to try something. I know that they, you know, they're doing little, not little things. They're doing some things in terms of making people wear masks, which is good, you know, on the sidelines. And the coaches have to wear masks. But you have to do something to limit travel you just have to limit the, the the entire operation in some way otherwise you know what are you really doing even like even even major league baseball has, un, has started to understand that with the playoffs and having it at a neutral site where you know they can they can contain things a little a little better so I just don't think if you don't make an effort to do something like that I don't you know I don't see how it's, it doesn't end up to be a disaster yeah. Yeah, no, man. I mean the bubble thing works. Uh but I, like like Zach was
1: saying, you can't NFL you're gonna put people in bubble from September to uh January. I guess what they could say is if once you get eliminated then you can leave the bubble. Right. Well, actually, at least, yeah. Once
0: <laughs> well, at you're least, out of the race. <laughs> at least in the major league baseball, even before they did the even before the playoffs, they limited travel. Remember they kept they only played their division or the or the American League would play the the and al east would play the nl east or something like that nfl didn't even do that
1: yeah no yeah this is so it's kind of like so uh potus 45 ish
0: right which we said, which we predicted would be yeah
1: like. they're gonna you know all these the owners are all you know potus 45 supporters right. they're all playing this, hey, nothing wrong right. just go ahead and play right. and consequences be damned
0: in that case cam why don't why doesn't cam act like uh 45 and just come back and play like i did it look i can yeah. i can survive
1: that's right that's right i did it no problem there you just
0: you, know, you just, just breathe a little heavy that's all <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe you have a ventilator on the on the <laughs> a ventilator on the side <laughs> Would they like yeah you know, in the winter they have heat warmers now yeah like <laughs> ventilators <Right. laughs> but,
0: that's what uh, trump would have done you know that's what yeah, he says
1: yeah, i got a ventilator right here it's brand new as a matter of fact, in fact Invest in it. It's my brand. Right. Made for, made in China. Made in China. Hey, you know he'll say at the end of the day we're all partner, We're all in this together.
0: Yes, of course, of course, of course.
1: All right. Well, listen, man. Um, unless you have anything else to, uh, you know, talk about, complain about, any complaints?
0: No, you know? no, no. You know, I hold off. I hold off till next week.
1: <laughs> all right. So, what do you think? You think uh, the play is it? Do You think that the Lakers are are in like Flynn?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's that's it. You know, I respect Miami totally. I I definitely I could see Miami winning the next game, uh, for sure, and pushing it to six. But I I don't see the Lakers. I just don't see LeBron and Anthony Davis losing three straight. That's not happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. No matter how much they, you know, need the money, I don't know. Does it help if it goes? Do they? Does it help them recoup money if if it goes seven?
0: Maybe, but I think LeBron and AD probably have more incentive to get the hell out of the bubble. Get the
1: hell out of the bubble. I know. What how weird do you think that's going to be mm. when they get out the bubble and go home? What what do you think that's like?
0: I mean, you had WNBA players I saw quoted as, you know, when like teams that were losing, like they were scared to go home. They were scared to leave the bubble. I know. I know.
1: You know? They, they, I know we're probably safer here.
0: Yeah. Than and remember out there. And remember we had Mark I was looking at this clip uh today. We had when we had Mark Spears on the show in March. He was saying um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. That people keep telling me to be safe. I'm in the safest place there is. Right. And it turned out he was right.
1: That's right. At the, ti- no. at
0: the time we were like, oh, well, you know, yeah, let's, you wait, let's wait and see.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> right. He, tur- man. he
0: turned out to be hundred percent because that bubble is necessary.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, uh, you stay safe, keep the Sam family safe, and everybody out there, our millions of listeners, stay safe, man. Don't be, don't be idiotic yeah. out there.
0: Keep the you mask know, on. Keep, the, uh, I know, keep, keep your distance.
1: Keep your, I know to many of you, it's like, what's the fuss? Because mm. you probably don't know anybody's got the sick. You don't know anybody's got. So you figure you're tempted to say, you know, nothing, you know what's the big deal? And trust me, you don't want to find out what the big deal
0: is. Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right, Brother Murphy, I'll see you down the road. And uh, all our listeners, just stay safe. God bless. Later.